everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I got a chance to interview special guest Jessica Lignato. Jessica is a famous astrologer and podcast host of the famous podcast, Ghost of a Podcast. Me and Jessica, we talk a lot about her journey from discovering astrology to even getting into astrology and becoming a very successful astrologer. It was a really great and eye-opening conversation for me, and we really get into a lot of spirituality, relationships, and what it takes to be a really good spiritual healer in the industry. So if you guys have any questions or any or need any advice, you can definitely message Je- Jessica and check out all of her work, from her podcast to her book everything she does by clicking in the links in the show description and like always guys please like rate and subscribe to the podcast on spotify apple podcast or wherever you guys listen to the podcast your ratings and subscriptions will help boost the podcast overall but without further ado here is my conversation with jessica Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest. She's host of the famous podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, big-time astrology expert, Jessica. Jessica, what's going on, and how are you doing today? Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Oh, definitely. I am too. It's great to meet other people that are very big on astrology and and we'll get into all that fun stuff too. But I just first want to say, how are you doing? What, what's going on? Uh, you know, I am doing all right. I can definitely feel the eclipse energy building. We're recording this the day before the eclipse hits. And uh, yeah, I can just feel like this classic scorpio eclipse like kind of that roiling emo energy it's in the air um so you know i'm i'm into it i'm like i'm i'm into it oh definitely i'm definitely feeling that energy as well uh, it, it's been it's been very it's been in like an intense energy for me just cuz a lot of stuff is building up so i'm just as you described it, i'm like yeah that that makes sense it definitely does <laughs> yeah yeah it's a funny thing about those lunations is they that build up feeling you don't get them every lunation but man when it happens it's just like it's it's emotional yeah definitely definitely but jessica just starting off our podcast what are some things that you really are passionate towards and what are some things that you really like to do for work my passion is what i do for work so it's all kind of like one answer for me um I'm just really passionate about helping people help themselves. And I am passionate about helping people cultivate emotional intelligence because I believe that that is foundational to both living in a healthy, happy way, but also navigating through the very tumultuous times that we find ourselves living through and that I think are yet to come. So whether it's thinking about people's individualistic wellness and journey or thinking about social conditions and um, what's happening in the world and again, what's yet to come. I think the cultivation of emotional intelligence is foundational for being able to navigate this stuff uh, in a humane way. So the way that I do that is as an astrologer, as a psychic medium, um, but also I just try to do that in like just human ways, small and large. So yeah, that's... That's me. (laughs) 
Oh, definitely, Jessica. That that's really cool, you know. And you mentioned the term emotional intelligence, and that's it's so important. Anything you do in life, whether that's work, school, relationships, you need to be able to first recognize your own emotions and how you're feeling because we're all going through a journey at the end of the day. Was we're all experiencing new things and we're beings of energy. And to and to know that you are helping people learn more and understand more about their emotions is definitely some powerful stuff. And uh, just want to give you a big, big, big credit for that, Jessica, because I know for me, like I'm I'm trying to be a mental health counselor, so I know that can definitely be a lot of work. But uh, when it comes to that, when it comes to like that emotional intelligence and stuff. Describe to me a little bit of like that journey, you know, for yourself, like, have you always been into emotions or into helping people? Or is this something where you've had to experience some things? Tell me a little bit about like that journey for you. Yeah, I, um, I definitely wouldn't have framed it the way I did 20 years ago. I started, so I started studying astrology formally in the early 1990s, uh, I'm guessing when you were born. Um, and uh, I moved to San Francisco, I'm from Montreal, Quebec, and I moved to San Francisco in 1994 to be a professional astrologer. So I started studying and practicing in 94 uh, in San Francisco. And I would say for the first decade of my practice and my studies, in the Bay Area, I wasn't at all focused on emotional intelligence, even a little bit. I was focused on being a good astrologer and like being able to navigate, as you know, as an astrologer, like there's a bazillion details and it's so hard to get to the place where you can not only assess all the details, but synthesize those details and then communicate them effectively and therapeutically to the client. And I've always been um, a counselor in the way I approach things. Not all astrologers are, but I, I am. And I've always had the intention to work with trauma and just real shit and to give people um, usable tools in, on lots of levels. And what evolved for me over the course of many years of that is coming to clarity about what was the consistent stuff I've seen in my practice, right? Because in 99, I went full time as a consulting astrologer. And at that point, you know, I was seeing, you know, over the years, it was four to six clients a day, you know, full time. So I've seen a lot of clients and I've, I've consulted with many people and I've done some social work as well, just separate. Um, and really, as I kind of have worked with so many different kinds of people in so many different situations over the course of decades, I've had the opportunity to see what is in common, what is in common with people who are struggling, what is in common with people who are thriving. Um, and there's lots of things that are in, you know in common with these groups. And then there's chance, right? And so my ambition doing what I do is not to give people perfect answers because there are no perfect answers. It's not for me to help people to never have pain because we all have pain. We all have struggles. In fact, I think that having the capacity to be in struggle or in pain and to not lose yourself, to not abandon yourself is key. And again, that brings me back to emotional intelligence. And it was really when I saw what was coming uh, previous to Trump's election that I think started to kind of solidify in a different way for me. And I started to shift my work from one-on-one -on -one work, just counseling people to one-on-many work, which is what I do through the podcast. And that is when I started to present my work in a way that was not just about individual wellness and individual healing, but also collective wellness and collective healing. And it really took, for me, the technology to evolve because, you know, I started my work before the internet, right? And so, because I'm old. Um, so I started the work before the internet and the only way to put any astrology content out there was to get a job with a magazine and almost exclusively women's magazines. And those jobs were really hard to get. And then when you got them, you were writing for that publication. Like that was the only way to get your work out there. And then when I was consulting with individuals, 
I do not feel that as a counselor and an astrologer, it's appropriate for me to bring my like political viewpoints into uh, like somebody's consultation that they're paying for unless they ask for it. And so it wasn't until pod, the technology for podcasting existed and became access, accessible to somebody like me who's not technological um, that I started to find a way to be able to both share like therapeutic individual wellness stuff and my social and political um, take on things and views in general. And so it's been really like all of these things together have solidified what you heard me like say in a really like succinct way of like emotional intelligence is so important because the truth of the matter is when shit hits the fan as, as it is and as it will, it's when people tend to get the most individualistic, the most selfish, the most motivated by fear. And when those things occur, we feel entitled to turn our back on our neighbor. We feel entitled to other people. And that's the downfall of, an, of a society. It's a downfall of humanity. So again, I come back to our individual wellness and our emotional intelligence is irrevocably linked to the wellness of communities and the globe, you know? And so, I mean, I'm not sure if I exactly answered your question, but that's, but that is uh, like a, as succinct a way I can put it. But I, I would just like add one more thing, which is that I have been a practicing astrologer since 94, 95. And I find that there's so many younger astrologers out there now. And I say younger, I mean like under the age of 35, practicing for less than a decade. Um, so I'm guessing you're both of those things, right? Um, so yeah, respect. Um, so I, I wanna, like I always just wanna say like, astrology is the practice of time. And it takes time to come to mastery of any craft. It takes time and experience to be able to juggle all, multiple balls at once. And it takes even more time to do it well. And I say this because, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't able to navigate social and political things and individual healing work astro through astrology in the way I am now. And I was really good 10 years ago. And I was really uh, experienced 10 years ago. It's just that things take time and we each have our own individual evolution. And I think with the world as it is, it's so easy for people to compare themselves to others, like to compare, you know, yourself, your spiritual journey to somebody else's, your practice of astrology or whatever else to somebody else's. And I think it's really important that we remember that everyone's on their own timeline, everyone has their own journey. And I feel like it's also really important that I like am explicit about how old I am because uh, it's it's really important if somebody's like, you know, 28 years old, that they're not comparing themselves to a 48 year old astrologer who's been doing it for 28 years. You know what I mean? Like who's been like actually being a professional astrologer for 28 years. And I think that that is something that like I, I just always want to say when I'm on podcasts, because um, learning how to be patient, I think, is a part of emotional intelligence. And it's also a part of successful practice of any craft, but especially astrology, astrology, which is literally the practice of time. It's a study and practice of time. Right. So just I'm just going to be Saturn right now. And that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, Jessica, first, I want to say thank you for your openness to share your journey and the insights and so much you have learned over the years, especially like I, one of the points that really stuck to me was, especially with astrology and anything in general, you know, like it takes time to to learn everything and to master your craft. Like, I forget the famous saying, it's like, you're not an expert until you're, you've done something for like 10,000 hours. Something. 10,000 hours. Yep. Yeah. 10,000 hours. Yep. 10,000 hours of, of learning something and studying something and practicing something in order for you to become a master at something. So that was really something that really stuck home. And also you mentioned patience as a form of emotional intelligence, which is so important, especially now because of social media. I know for you, like being in the field for so long, like seeing how much social media has evolved, it's very easy to compare yourself to somebody that's 
deeper into the field or you compare to someone else that's a little bit older and and you lose yourself when you're comparing yourself to other people. So those are the really the, the, the big things that really I took away from your answer, Jessica. And I really think it's it's spot on and, and your insights for everything is, is pretty great. So thank you for sharing and being so open. My pleasure. Thanks for the good question. <laughs> of course. Now, just continuing a little bit, because I know you mentioned like you've been into astrology for for quite a long time now. Like just from just for like a, in the very beginning station, we're gonna, I'm going to take you back a little bit to the very beginning days. Like, what really got you into astrology in the first place? I remember being like five years old, um, and talking about astrology. I remember. Uh, like in 1979, like very young, I was just like, I'm a Capricorn. That means I'm going to keep my wisdom teeth. I have no idea how I knew that Capricorn literally does govern teeth and its ruling planet Saturn does govern wisdom teeth specifically. Um, and I still have all of them, knock on wood. Um, but uh, I, I always was really interested in astrology and then for my 12th birthday, my mother bought me my first astrology book. And it was by this like supermarket astrologer called Sydney Omar, who was like, it was like back in the day, uh, every supermarket, at least in Canada where I'm from, but I think in the US as well, there'd be these like scrolls that you could buy. Uh, like right now you see like candy and magazines. Well, there would used to be candy magazines in these horoscope scrolls um and they'd be like you know all about your sign and uh anyways this guy sydney omar was the supermarket astrologer and he had a book about capricorn and i was a capricorn so my mother bought it for me i read it like a damn bible i was just i was just like so obsessed with this book for years and then where i'm from is montreal quebec and we have a different school system so high school goes grades 7 to 11 and then there's a two-year government-funded college program it's very cool and it's called seizure anyways i went to an alternative seizure and so it was literally like in the attic of the conventional school downstairs and in the conventional school, there was a teacher who taught uh, psychology from a Jungian perspective. Well, in his private time, apparently he was an astrologer. And in the alternative school, he taught an introduction to astrology from a Jungian perspective. And I took that course and I was like, well, shit, this is what I'm gonna do with my life. And then the next semester he taught an intermediate course and I was like, okay, and I'm moving to San Francisco. Like, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Like, I was just very clear that that's what I was going to do with my life. And um, I literally packed like a, a big backpack full of astrology books and a couple articles of clothing. And I got on a plane and I like never turned back. Um, and as soon as I got to San Francisco, I started looking around and I found, um, and again, you want to keep in mind, there's no internet. So there was no Googling, there was no blogs, there was no memes, there's none of this shit. It was books and humans, and that was it. And so I found something called the San Francisco Astrological Society, and it was run by a woman named Lene Van Horn, and she ran it out of her living room. And eventually it grew to be this larger organization that is around to this day. And, you know, there's lots of like uh, various astrologers will give talks, and it's a very cool organization. But I was there in the early years. And I was by far the youngest person, like by by like decades, the youngest person, but I kept it up and I would go uh, every month and I would study in between. And eventually I joined up with other astrological societies and groups in the Bay Area because at the time, San Francisco was really the only place in North America that you could find real community of astrologers. And they're all old hippies, right? So just to give you a sense of how old they were, you know, they're, they're all old hippies. And uh, had been started their studies of astrology in the 1970s, and this was the 1990s. So, um, I I just like learned and grew, and I like legit would spend like four to six hours studying a birth chart, taking notes, and then I'd give a two hour long reading for like 20 bucks. Um, and I just would do this, and for the first seven years of my practice, I would tell all of my clients the first time they came in, that what I was doing was, uh, I was going through a self-appointed apprenticeship. And I wanted them to know that I was not an expert. And that um, because of that, you know, they should do their own investigations and all that kind of stuff. And I did that because I knew I wanted 
to be an astrologer forever. And I wanted to be able to look back at my first seven years, Saturn, right? Um, without embarrassment, because I knew that there was, only, I, you can only know what you know. And I'm not embarrassed by the readings I did when I was young and didn't know much. Um, because I was upfront with my clients and I have retained some clients for like 28 years. Um, I have a, a high rate of retention. I'm actually not taking client work now, which I can talk about if you want, but I have a high rate of retention and I'll say something about that, which is there was this woman I met. I met her once. I did not get her name. She showed up at one of these astrology groups. Um, and she ended up driving me home that night. And it was like, like I said, like everyone was so much older than me. Right. So I couldn't drive, <laughs> you know, they all had cars. So, uh, she drove me home and she said something to me. This was in 1994, I believe could have been early 95. And she said something to me that changed my life and shaped my career, which was, I'm not an astrologer to make friends. I'm an astrologer to tell people the truth and help them deal with the truth. And I was like, that's it. That, that just like, it just shaped my work because it clarified for me that people come to an astrologer to hear what their friends won't tell them. People come to an astrologer to get actual help and they're not coming to make a friend with an astrologer. And if they are, they're, they're doing the wrong thing, you know? And so I think that part of what I love about astrology is that it is a place to be completely honest and that people have come to you and are paying for the truth as far as you can perceive it and articulate it. And I think that that's a, just like a really important part of what I love about astrology. And it's different than therapy. I love therapy. I always have a therapist, huge fan, but Therapists are not there to tell you the truth. They're, her they're there to hold space so that you can find the truth. They're there to guide you down the path to discover your own truth in your own words. An astrologer can start right in the middle and be like, let me tell you what's up. This is what you're feeling. True or false? If it's true, okay, cool. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you what you can do. And a therapist can't do that. That's not their damn job. So it's really kind of a unique form of counseling in that way. And again, huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I just went off on a huge tangent, but that's what, that's what happened. So there you go. <laughs> Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up and coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Oh, no, Jessica, you're, you're good. I'm, I'm following you all the way through your journey, you know, because at the end of the day, what this podcast really does is when guests come on, it's really it's about them, you know, describing your journey. And and for me, being a young, young astrologer, like I really it's great to hear a, a story of another astrologer, you know, taking the steps, going to San Francisco and to see where everything is taking you now. It's great. Um, so I, I don't think you went on a tangent at all, Jessica. I really appreciate your insight. So now, like when it comes to reading charts specifically, I know you mentioned a lot about it is sort of like a counseling session. And I definitely feel the same way when I've done a couple of my friends charts and family's charts. Like it, it really it turned out to be like really intimate, you know, because it's like you're, you're talking to them about them and what they've experienced. What specific parts for you? So let's say you see a birth chart, astrology chart first glance right away. What are some quick things that you look at right away? The first things I look at are the outer planets and the aspects they're making, period. Um, I 
I'm a humanistic astrologer and so much of what I am is self-taught. So again, there was no blogs, yada, yada for me. It was just books and people. And so I am really lucky in a way because I was feeling around in the dark. Um, at a certain point, I stopped going to all those groups because it was like very, very white, very, very straight, very, very older than me, uh, meaningfully older than me. And I just, it wasn't like a social match for me. And so I ended up at a certain point in the 90s, kind of pulling away from the groups. I would come back by the time I hit my around 30 and started lecturing uh, to other astrologers. So it's like, you know, I hit my Saturn return and I was able to really like bring forth what I had done on my own. And I wasn't comparing myself to anyone because there was no one. I didn't know anyone who was, you know, again, it was a different world, different time. But I, um, wait, you asked me something and I went off on a tangent. Ground me back in. Oh, no, no, you're good. I just mentioned like when you look at a chart right away, like I know you mentioned. Oh, what do yeah. I look at? Yes, that's right. That's right. So, so for me, what I started to do is I, I cultivated a way of working with the birth chart through the outer planets, specifically because I am really interested in generational issues. I myself, you know, um, am from refugees and immigrants, and I really like to focus on issues of immigration um, through class, through countries, through all manner of things. There's so many ways that people flee or choose to move towards or away from and how that impacts us. Inevitably, that brought me to class issues. It brought me to uh, religion and race. It brought me to um, physical health and mental health. So I am also a medical astrologer. And this all kind of came through working with the generational planets and the social planets, aka the outer planets. And so a lot of the times I'm working with a client, I don't remember their sun sign. I don't give a fuck. Um, because that's not the deepest part. That's the brightest part. And most people are self-aware about their brightest part, unless an outer planet is fucking with that part. But as far as I'm concerned, it's those outer planets that really tell us about what we experience in our early developmental years and what our parents experienced in their own childhood, in their own life before we came to be. And that inevitably tells us about our grandparents, because anything our parents experienced in their childhood is literally about our grandparents. And this is true for people who were not raised with their parents. Um, it's true for people who were raised by guardians instead of parents, right? And people who were raised by their parents. So all of this stuff to me is fascinating. And also it's where the meaty stuff lives. So I'm going to look for what the outer planets are doing, where they're placed, what they're aspecting. And before I open my big old mouth, I'm then going to look at their moon, their Mercury, their sun to identify how to most effectively communicate with my client. Because I can say I can be the best astrologer in the world and say the truth. But if I say it in a way that shuts them down, hurts their feelings, bores them, it's not going to mean anything. And so something that I used to do in my early years of practice, and this is ridiculous. And again, nobody would do this in the modern world, but I would study Mercury and I would say, what kind of pen is this person going to use? Because, you know, I'm a Capricorn, so I made everyone take notes. Um, I would say, what kind of pen are they going to use? And I would predict, based on their mercury placement, what kind of pen they would use. And so I would offer them a pencil, a felt tip, a ballpoint. I throw in blue. I throw in black. I would give a red now and again. And I would try to predict what they'd use. And it's just such a silly, stupid thing. But even that's in the birth chart, you know. And there's a reason why I could predict it. Like, there is a reason why we make the choices we make. It's a ref everything we do, small and large, is a reflection of something within us, right? And all of that can be determined through the birth chart. So finding effective and efficient ways of communicating is really important. And to, to that end, I'll share one more thing, which is in the first decade of my practice, I did what I think all astrologers do, which is I was proving myself. I was proving that astrology was real. I was proving that I was a good astrologer, um, like all that kind of stuff. So I would give them all the information in the world. I would just like 
information, information, so much information. And they would stumble out of my office and they wouldn't necessarily be able to use that information. And so, you know, this is largely connected to what I was talking about with like emotional intelligence. Eventually, I was able to understand that people need space in a consultation that's going deep and they need humor in a consultation that's going deep to integrate, you know, so they're not just being bombarded. And some people I can give them, you know, for on a scale from one to 10, I can give them a 10 and they can only take in a three. And I used to be like, well, but I have to give them a 10 because I have to give them a 10. And when I started being more confident in my own skills and more receptive to the needs of the client, if somebody needs a three, I give them a damn three. I give them a three and I'm happy with it. And that means there's more joking, more chit chat, or it means we talk about kind of like lighter things that I know are not the real things they need to be talking about, but they get what they can take in. And that it, it has like a ripple effect in their lives that is not my business to manage or project or anything like that. And I think to that end, it's really important to not be attached to being right. Because a lot of times we give our clients what they need. And sometimes what they need is to be like, I hate that astrologer. That person's a jerk. I can't believe they said I have a problem with drinking. And, you know, you look at their chart and it's like, oh, look, this person has massive problems with drinking. And then you ask them questions and they're like, yeah, I only black out a couple times a week. And you're like, that may be a problem. And they're like, no, I hate you. And you just got to let them hate you because you never know if in five years when they choose to get sober, that this is one of the things that like added up to it, you know? And I think as a therapist, as a social worker, as an astrologer, anyone who's like consulting and helping it's important that we let people project onto us and not take it personally. And that requires having, again, emotional intelligence, a sense of self, and that we aren't trying to make friends with our clients. Oh, yeah, Jessica, I completely agree, because not only as an, an astrologer, but also as someone that's working towards being a counselor in the future as well, like, people are going to come in with different needs, you know, like some people, they just want to have a conversation just to, just to feel listened, feel heard for some people, you know, you never know. Cause like we're beings of energy and, and we're exchanging energy with one another. And like you said, towards the end of your answer, like that and your interaction with that one person could be the interaction that got them to start the change or got them to realize certain things. So you never know. Um, so Jessica, I really think that's a, that's a very important piece of advice because especially for people that are trying to help other people, not trying to be their friends, you know, it can be hard because like you're building, you're having all these intimate conversations and it can be very intense and we got to be able to obviously have a good positive interaction, but we have to, we all have to realize, are we going too far being the ones that are trying to help, you know, because that can happen sometimes too. So, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I see that a lot actually. And I, I would just kind of like throw in this, this idea of when you're counseling someone, you're really helping them. It is intimate and it's an intimate relationship but it's a one-way relationship because it's not like they can see into you the way that you see into them, whether it's because, you know, you have a master's in psychology or because you're a therapist, uh, an astrologer, um, you know, different, but similar. And I think it's really important to recognize that not all intimacy is equal. And while a relationship between a client and an astrologer can be profoundly intimate. Like I have a sense of love and care and intimacy with many of my clients, maybe even most of my clients. It is not the same as friendship. Friendship is messier. Friendship is they know as much about me as I know about them. Friendship is not always so deep. Friendship's a little lighter sometimes. Sometimes it's way deeper, right? Like, and I think it's about holding space for multiple kinds of intimacy in life, right? And being able to acknowledge like, this is a kind of intimacy we don't talk about as a society. It's a kind of intimacy that a lot of people never get to experience. It's being present for someone's like deep shit and not just being a witness, being a participant and also not confusing that with romance or friendship because it's neither of those things. And when those things kind of get projected from the astrologer onto the client, the astrologer is no longer objective. 
just like there's a reason why therapists aren't allowed to date or befriend their clients. It's because you're no longer objective. We need to hold space for our clients to project onto us because that is a therapeutic experience. And it's, I think, a really important one. Um, I would say that I have certain clients who would describe me as, you know, a day person and others that would describe me as a night person. And that's partially because that's what they need to experience me as for their own therapeutic journey. And I'm down for that. Like I, I, I really am cool with that. And I think that it's, again, something I don't hear astrologers talk about quite enough. And I think therapists get to discuss a lot more because there's more conversation about the counseling side of therapy, obviously. But astrologers need that kind of conversation and not just astrologers, psychics, tarot readers. When we are holding power in some way, when we are like, you know, gatekeepers of information on some level, we're very responsible to that. Like we must be responsible to that and recognize that it is not an equal exchange. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. It's like when I go to my mechanic and he's fixing my car, it's not an equal exchange. I mean, we've worked it out. Like I pay him money and it's an equal exchange on that level. But like he's telling me about cars. I don't know shit about cars. I don't know shit. And he could be lying to me. He could be telling me the truth, but I'm going to trust him. And then when I leave, my car works better. And then I feel good about that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same thing with these more esoteric things that we do. It's just not like if the two of us sit down to talk about cars, he's not going to have the same kind of conversation that I am because he's an expert in cars. And I know only that my car is white and beautiful. Uh, I mean, I know the brand, but like, that's it. Um, so, so I think that, again, that's a really important, an important thing for us to hold on to as practitioners. And I think talk about more as practitioners. Um, yeah, a lot of people want to be friends with their reader. And I think that's projection. And um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a risky thing. So I, I, it's something I'm always concerned with. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like projection. I really like that term because as a practitioner, astrologer, terror, terror reader, anything like that, like if you're not doing the proper self-care for yourself, you're going to end up projecting whatever you're experiencing onto your client without even realizing it at all. And that's something where I've taken, and I'm in grad school right now, I've been taking a lot of classes that have really prioritized self-care. And that just leads me right to my next question for you, Jessica, like being a spiritual healer, astrologer, really helping people and all that stuff. What are some things that you recommend for people, other healers when it comes to their own self-care? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, so many things. I mean, I think having clear intention about what you're doing is, is a helpful thing, you know, um, and clear intention about who you want to be with as a consultant is really important because as we were talking about with comparison earlier, you're not going to be anyone but yourself. You're not going to be like whoever you see on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. It's not a thing like you can gain inspiration and maybe integrate it into how you show up. But like we got to be ourselves. So that is for some people like a very reassuring thing to hear. And for other people, uh, people are like, wait, I don't know who the fuck I am. I'm 24 years old. Like, how do I know who I am? And um, I want to say that that's part of the journey is holding space for it. Like, I don't exactly know who I am. And so this is hard for me to show up and I still feel called to do this work as a reader of whatever, right? But it, it's about, again, knowing like, okay, but I don't come with this fortified within myself yet, which means I'm either going to manifest a ton of clients who want me to do that kind of work and on some level it will help me or I need to be more conscientious about that topic with my clients because it's like a bit of a blind spot in myself. And... So that's one thing. It's about just like knowing who you are. You don't have to judge it. Just like knowing who you are and the kind of assets and, and potential struggles that that can bring. I am a big fan of, okay, I got a bunch of things. I'm a big fan of one thing here. Uh, I like 30 minutes between each client. Therapists put 10 minutes between each client. That's fucking nuts. I do not think that makes any sense. Um, I've seen astrologers do all manner of things. 30 minutes between each client is a minimum as far as I'm concerned so that you can like drink some water, have a snack, DM someone, like remember who you are so you don't lose yourself in the work. 
Another thing I think is really important is having business hours. And I think when you're first starting, you're just like, somebody wants a reading and it's midnight, I'm going to write them back. Uh Uh-uh. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's about setting for yourself how you're going to run your business. What are your your like financial practices? If somebody skips an appointment, do you charge them the full rate? Do you charge them half a rate? Uh, how do you accept payment? Like these kinds of businessy things are part of the service. They're part of the space you hold for yourself as a practitioner. Because if you don't respect yourself and your time and your efforts, why in the world would your clients? And inevitably, everyone who's a tarot reader, an astrologer, a psychic knows that people are constantly asking for you to work for free. And 50% of the time, they don't know that that's what they're asking. They're like, hey, I heard you talk about, you know, an eclipse. And I've got X, Y, and Z in my birth chart. Can you just tell me what I should expect? They don't realize that that's asking for a reading. They just think they're asking for you to explain something. Nah, that's a reading. Um, And so I think it's really important that we have boundaries. This is another thing. We need to think about what our boundaries are as a form of self-care, but also as a form of care for the client. Modeling clear boundaries makes it easier for them to have boundaries. It gives them permission. And again, they might not like it. People usually don't like boundaries, but it's still a really good thing to do. And then on the more woo, I'm a big believer in setting intention energetically before the client arrives that it for what I want to do with the session. And then after the client leaves, uh, connecting to my own guidance, connecting to whatever of their energy they've left behind with me intentionally or unintentionally, and then returning it to them and their guidance so that they're not left with me. And um, another woo practice that I have is I will, at the start of the work day, get a glass bowl and fill it with water and put a pinch of Epsom salt, charge up that bowl of water with a lot of energy and set the intention that the client's energy goes from them to me, through me and into the bowl. And at the end of the day, I dump that shit in the toilet because it's toxic. I don't let my cat drink it. I dump it in the toilet. I do not forget. Um, Don't ever put it in a plant that kills a plant. You just dump it in the toilet. And it's a good practice for two things. One is for protecting your energy, but the other is remembering that what you're doing is messing with the energetic And no matter how competent or expert one is, when we're dealing with the energetic, things get sticky. They get messy and sticky. And if we're going to sustain the work over the course of time, we need to be able to protect ourselves so that we can sustain the work. And it's a hard thing for most people to do. And um, that little practice can really help. It can really, really help. So that's my a bunch a bunch of different layers of answers for you. Of course, Jessica, I just want to say thank you as well. That's maybe something that I might try in the future too, just because like you said, when you are doing this type of work, like you are, you're taking on a lot of people, other people's energies, and you can easily lose your own energy by helping other people's energy. So that's a really cool practice. I I visualize, you know, like you you, you have the person's energy in the cup and then then you dump it at the end of the day because it's like, okay, new start, new beginnings. This is me. Let's, even though today was great, I took on a lot of clients, but I cannot lose my energy and who I am. So powerful stuff, Jessica. Thank you again for your honesty and being so open. Cause I know when it comes to this stuff, it can, it can be hard to share, you know? So, um, I really appreciate everything so far. Hey everybody, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I just want to give you guys a very special announcement. So starting in the beginning of September, I will be doing astrology chart readings for anybody that is interested in learning a little bit more about themselves and their natal chart. I am not someone that is going to predict the future, but I am someone that is going to give you guidance and really help you process yourself in the present moment, whatever challenges or blocks that you face. But you can click on the link in the show description to schedule a one-on-one meeting with me where you get your chart read, where it's going to be a very safe space for you guys to open up and share your own journeys, your own anxieties, fears, and I hope that we can both learn something from each other along the way. I do have a confidentiality agreement that I, that everyone must sign and follow, and prices will vary depending on the income in which you guys make. I am someone that is very flexible, 
and knows that we all have certain situations in life that can impact us financially, emotionally, anything pretty much. But it really is just a safe space for everyone to connect, grow, and learn some things about themselves. So again, you can check out that link to schedule a one-on-one call with me, Josh Sanchez, host of Your Spiritual Best Friend, and I hope to see everybody soon and to help you along the way on your own spiritual journey. But transitioning a little bit, we talked a lot about your journey, you know, through, we talked a lot in general, just about like your experiences in the field and stuff. Relationships are a big part of our, of our lives, you know, whether that's with friends, family, romantic, even business partnerships. So my first question, just starting off the relationship discussion, when it comes to qualities you look for in a friendship or even like a romantic partner, what are some qualities you really look for, for you? That's a good question. I would say not into astrology is high on my list. (laughs) Um, uh, That's very big and important to me, actually. Um, I am in a partnership. We've been together for 11 years. Well, we're about to have our 11 year anniversary in a couple months. I will say, uh, thank you very much. Um, I have never really looked for a quality other than a vibe. Like I look for a a feeling Um, in terms of like, in terms of friendship, reciprocity is really, really important to me. And um, I will say, like, I, I, as a rule, I never look at friends or people I'm dating's birth chart. Never. It's not It's not my business. I'm not, I'm not on the clock. And also, I think it's really, again, back to emotional intelligence, important that we leave space for people to reveal themselves to us and for us to do the emotional work of, like, stumbling through not knowing. Um, so that's kind of like a big thing for me, but, um, I'm trying to think of like, what do I look for? What do I think about shared values is probably really important to me. Um, if it's like a more casual friendship, it's more probably like a shared aesthetic, you know, like, um, like similar movies, like, like music, similar, you know, that kind of shit. But, um, my values are really important to me. Um, I, I'm really, I like weird people. <laughs> so I like people who are doing their own fucking thing. They're on their own path, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if I've answered that exactly, but yeah. Oh no, you did. I mean, when it comes to, I mean, this, again, this podcast is about you, you know, so like whatever qualities you look for, like that's up to you, you know, and, and I definitely agree, you know, having people in your corner doing their own things, you know, but you guys are also vibing on the same wavelength. Again, it comes down to like, we're, we're beings of energy, you know, and if we're around people that help boost that, boost our energy, you know, we're on the same vibe. It's good. When you have people that are not, that's when you have confrontations and then you have to re uh, reevaluate and reprioritize. Okay. Are these people the right people in my corner? So I definitely think those are some great qualities to have in friendships, relationships, all that stuff too. And and congrats on 11 years. I know having a partnership with someone, it's, it's a lot of work. I'm, I'm, dating my current girlfriend has been four so it's been ups and congratulations ups. thank you i know it, it, it's a it's a long journey but you know you like you learn a lot about yourself through these partnerships and stuff too so i, I always want to give people shout outs when they have been with someone for a long period of time so um but yeah so like when it comes to relationships i know for you you've helped a lot of people obviously with through their astrology charts and also through social work and counseling and stuff like that What's some advice that you would give the people that are struggling with their relationship, whether that's through like communication or maybe intimacy? What's some advice that you would really give to them to help them through their relationship? So I wrote a book called The Astrology of Real Relationships, and it's broken into three parts. It's friendships, early stages of dating and hooking up, and then long-term relationships. And I... It's like that book is just full of that that kind of advice. So I'll just I'll, first of all, I'll just be like, you can look up Astrology for Real Relationships by Jessica Lignato. That's me. And then, you know, uh, check that out. But I would say this is this is the advice I would give. I'm just like off the cuff thinking about advice. When you're obsessing on what the other person said and what the other person did and what the other person's feeling and what the other person's doing, and you're not really obsessing on what you said, on how you feel, and on what you're doing, you lost the thread. 
There's no success that ever comes interpersonally from fixating on other people to the exclusion of taking responsibility for you. And I think a lot of times what people do is they fixate on what other people feel, what other people are doing, because it's too hard to fixate on what you're feeling and what you're doing. But ultimately, what we choose to engage with is our choice. And when we are dealing with somebody who is consistently saying, hey, you're a pink hat, and you're like, I told you I'm not a pink hat. I don't like being called a pink hat. Um, And they keep on doing it. At a certain point, I personally think after the third time, but everyone has a different boundary. It's not about that person disrespecting you. It's about you staying in the damn conversation when they've proven that all they want to do is disrespect you. Like at a certain point, it's on us to take responsibility for our choice to be with someone, to let them in our lives. And I think that's the hardest thing for most people in all kinds of relationships. I do couples counseling um, and I have oftentimes had people come in and they have this hope that like my partner cheats, my partner lies, my partner is all fucked up in this one particular way. They think that me, because I have a big mouth, um, that I'm going to just like be on their side and rally. And it's not about sides for me. It's like, if you know this person is always doing this ridiculous stuff, Why are you choosing to be with them? Worse, why are you seeking couples counseling through an astrologer if you already know that they disrespect you? Like at a certain point, we need to take on for ourselves our choices. And that is the kind of tough love that not all all people want to hear. But it is really, I think, an important uh, consideration. So, you know, I am not a fan of sun sign compatibility. I'm not like against it you know, but I'm not like a fan of it either. It is very limited in its uh, accuracy. And when people are seeking quick, simple answers for their crushes or their dates or their friendships, it betrays something. I mean, it could just be that they don't really fuck with astrology and they just like play with it. And so that's all they're doing. But it can also betray that they're looking for simple, easy answers for complex and nuanced issues. And again, that's not really how life works. And so, yeah, so all to say, before you run off looking for compatibility issues, um, sit with yourself and consider like, do I like this person? Do I like the way they make me feel? What do I like about this person? How am I showing up? Am I being myself? Because listen, listen, if you just show up and you act the way you think the other person wants you to, so that they like you, and then they like you, you're screwed because you weren't being yourself and they like you for not being yourself. Maybe they would have. Now you'll never know. And now you've unintentionally been dishonest. So it's just like a difficult lesson to learn. And I think these are really common lessons that people learn in their 20s, but also throughout life, but especially in one's 20s. So. Oh, yeah, I I completely agree. And and especially like in the beginning stages of relationships, too, because like you're learning new things about yourself along the way. So that definitely makes sense. You know, in that early 20 range, late teenage, early 20 age, that's where you start to really feel everything. And then you start to evolve and realize some things about yourself, you know. And uh, yeah, I really think, Jessica, that's a great piece of advice. We got to make sure that we are being our real selves and we're learning more things about ourselves before we get into these relationships. Because if we don't do that work, like you said, the worst place to be in is to be someone you're not and to be with someone that likes you for not being real you, if you get what, like what you were saying, it's like, yeah, and, and we don't want that. We want to be able to be our real authentic selves with the people that we love and want to be with. So yeah, Jessica, I really think that's a great piece of advice. And and yeah, like it's it's I really appreciate everything so far with relationships and all that stuff too. Everything you've shared and been so uh, and been so open with. Um when it comes to astrology towards the last part of the conversation, I really like to add a little astrology element. I know you mentioned that there is an eclipse coming up. Uh, when it comes to transit current astrology, what are some things that you really look for uh, to just help other people out and stuff with what's going on today? Well, you know, it, it really does depend on the point of inquiry, right? So if I'm dealing one-on-one with a person, I'm looking at their specific transits. But if I'm looking at global issues, right? So something like the eclipse, it's affecting us as society, right? So a global society, but also like 
all our communities and all the ways that we have communities. Um, and it also affects us as individuals, right? So like the transit of Uranus through Taurus is something I'm very focused on right now. The transit of Saturn squaring that Uranus and Taurus, Uranus conjunct the North Node. These things yeah, I'm paying close attention. Jupiter uh, moves back into Pisces until December. I'm paying close attention to that and what that will mean for COVID and religious extremism. When I look at the eclipses that are happening October 25th and November 8th, I think, early November, um, I think this is going to be an explosive eclipse season. You know, I think that we're going to continue to see um, globally a lot happening um, and and it is like a human rights crisis. I think when we're looking at social conditions, when we get onto that Uranus and Taurus vibe, in particular now these eclipses are happening on the Scorpio-Taurus polarity, we're having human rights issues. And that can be distilled to something that's happening in your personal life, but we can look at it on a lot of levels in, a, in all regions. And I am deeply concerned about that. And, you know, connected to that, I'm concerned about COVID. And I think it is a human rights issue because it is, you know, we're seeing very ableist policies by most nations. And we are seeing here in the highly individualistic nation of the United States, people behaving in a very individualistic way, which puts people who are immune compromised uh, at great, great risk. And it, it, it breaks my heart. So these are all things that I'm really focused on and looking at. Uh, next year, Saturn is going to leave Aquarius, won't return there for another 29 years, and will enter into the zodiac sign of Pisces. So we'll have Saturn and Neptune in Pisces. Not thinking that's a good idea. Um, and then, you know, of course, the Pluto return of the United States and Neptune will shortly enough move into Aries. These things, plus several other indicators, cause real concern for civil war, you know? So it's like there's like a lot that I'm looking at in terms of the current transits that I'm deeply concerned about. And um, those are the things that I'm really focused on. Now, again, if I'm meeting with an individual client, I'm not bringing up any of that stuff. It's not, it's not like, unless they are asking about it, you know, that said, this is part of why this is not part of why this is why I'm not doing one-on-one -on -one clients uh, full-time anymore because I have too hard of a time answering the question, should I have a baby right now when I see what's coming? Um, and I have a hard time not being like, but, but, it's a what no, climate crisis wait what like it just feels too hard for me um and i don't want to project you know onto people or you know bring that shit to them if that's not what they want but i also don't want to tell them like yeah open a storefront it'll be easy everything's cool um you know what i mean like everything isn't cool everything isn't cool so anyways that's that's kind of my what what i'm looking at right now yeah big picture stuff okay yeah yeah of course, yeah, because the reason why I ask is just because I know every every astrologer usually has like different things that they're looking at currently and stuff. And you made some really good points, you know, especially, man, like it, civil war might happen because you know how Aries energy is, you know, it's all about the self-starting, you know, putting like the it's very bold. It's very bold energy. And uh, to have Neptune in that in a couple in like a year or two, it's going to be it's, it's a lot. So, yeah. So that's why I asked that question. But thank you again for your honesty and your answer like that, because I can only imagine for you, like you're you're thinking you're thinking of a lot of what's happening societally, like, you know, and to have an individual tell you, should I have a kid now? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm focusing so much on the bigger picture here. I can't really focus in on what's happening individual individually. And, and you made a good point about the United States being so individual individualistically it is it, it's very is it's that type of society it's it's all about me me and not really focusing on the collective good so great points i, I must say <laughs> thank you thank you of course but uh jessica really I, I just want to say i really appreciate everything you shared from your journey your insights into the field as as a young astrologer it's been it's been great to hear and, and and i really appreciate everything where can everybody check out the work that you do and all that fun stuff um okay and thank you it's been so wonderful chatting with you i really appreciate your questions and just uh you know being here with you so i am on the net also known as the world wide web you may have heard of it, it's the internet uh but i prefer to call it the net um 
Okay, so I have a podcast. It's called Ghost of a Podcast. It's out uh, every Sunday, and people can listen to that. I also have a book, like I said, Astrology for Real Relationships. You can buy it anywhere books are sold. Um, there's also an audiobook version. If you know, I feel like podcast people often want to listen to shit instead of reach it. So there's an audiobook version as well. Um, although I would say at least look at it because it's very cute. Speaking of cute, I have a website. It's called it's at lovelinyato.com. And uh, I have lots like a free chart drawing tool there and like classes for sale and all that kind of good stuff. Um, And then I'm on Instagram. I'm on other things, but I'm primarily on Instagram. And on Instagram, what I do is I make myself into a planet and I talk about the transits from the perspective of the planets. Um, And it's fun. Uh, It's fun. So yeah, those are some things. I feel like there's something I'm missing. Oh, I have an astrologer's pro tool, which I don't know if you knew about this, but it's called astrology for days. And it's, um, basically it's a subscription. So, and it's web-based. So you doesn't matter if you have a Android or whatever, Mac and it charts all of the transits daily. It has an ephemeris in it and it has a note taking tool in it, but it's like, you can look at Uh, And you set it for whatever time zone you're in, but you just look at the day and it shows you the exact moment that all of the transits are exact for the day. So it's really, really helpful. It's like when I was a young astrologer for the first decade, I would just, I had a paper day planner and I would write all the transits out by hand and it took forever and it was painstaking, but it helps you as an astrologer to like, be like, yeah, I'm not going to take a meeting when there's a moon Pluto square. Yeah. I'll schedule it for two hours later. Like obviously. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this, this is a great tool. So if anyone is an astrology student or an astrology pro, you can check it out. And it's also on the homepage of my website. So you can't miss it there. And then I guess the last thing I'll share is I have a Patreon where I go a little more woo. So I talk about astrology stuff, but I also go more into spiritual stuff. So if people are interested, um, you can join me over there. So lots of, lots of shit all over the niche. Of course. And, and I'll make sure to put all the links and everything in the show descriptions. So that way you guys can check out all of Jessica's work and all that fun stuff. Uh, But Jessica, I will say it's been an honor. Thank you for a wonderful conversation and please stay safe. Thank you. You too. It's been such a pleasure. Have a great day.